What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to the Arrowhead Addict Podcast. This is Wacky Wednesday. That intro song was Touch Me, I'm Going to Scream, Part 2 by My Morning Jacket. I'm your host, Adam Best. Here, as always, with Sterling Holmes. I picked that song because I saw MMJ in concert this weekend. I think you also went to a couple concerts in the past few days, correct? Yeah, yeah. Dinosaur Jr. on Saturday and then The Colt last night. Hell yeah, man. Awesome. Yeah, she sells sanctuary is uh, one of my favorite songs. Uh, Feel the pain is one of my favorite songs. You're you're uh, some good music, but uh, anyway, this song uh, "Touch Me, I'm Going to Scream" part two sums up how I felt after the game: irritable, annoyed, like screaming. Then I remembered that the Chiefs suffered an eerily similar loss to the Colts almost exactly three years ago. So, "Touch Me, I'm Going to Scream" part two is perfect. You know, the part two, especially the offense sputtered and the Colts grinded out an ugly win last time. Uh, but if you'll remember, the Chiefs eventually righted the ship and won the Super Bowl. So here's hoping for deja vu. Do you ever have deja vu, Mrs. Lancaster? I don't think so, but I could check with the kitchen. You've seen Groundhog Day, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. But before we get into a lot more Chiefs talk, let's give a shout out to the best beer company in the world, KC Beer Co. By the way, I just picked up more beer from them this weekend as well. Uh, big shout out to them. They gave me some Fest beer, some Winterbach, uh, also KC Beer Co. Light, which is their light beer. So if you drink light beer, trying to stay in shape, you know, stay svelte, you know, you're on the golf course, not trying to get hammered, don't want to get you don't want to hit any more snap hooks than are already going to happen. Drink some Casey Beer Co. Light. It is outstanding. Uh, we talk about it every week, and again, it's true. We drink their beer even if they weren't sponsoring this show because it is that good. Uh, every time you guys who listen, take pictures, post on Twitter, tag them, tag us, we always appreciate it. But Casey Beer Co., go out, get you some, try the new Winterbach. Uh, it's on tap now. It's a special one. Last year was the Baltic Porter. This year it's the Winterbach. It is outstanding. Casey Beer Co., please trust me on this one. It's delicious. Should we get into some awards? Let's do some awards. By the way, Keith Bulow, I see you out there. The Colt, hell yeah. Yeah, hell yeah. Great show. Ian Asbury out there, they were kicking ass. Love removal machine. It was fantastic. All right, let's get into it. The first award is the You Lost to a Club Player Award. You lost 
not supposed to happen. You're carrying a 270 average. That, of course, is from Kingpin, uh, the Colt classic. So the Colts are not a good football team. The Chiefs losing to an inferior roster is, is sort of embarrassing. Uh, the Colts tied the pathetic Texans, right? And then they got just smoked by the Jags. The Jags may or may not be good. We don't know yet. Matt Ryan looks done. Uh, the Colts can't block anybody offensively. And they were without Shaq Leonard. So, you know, what's the explanation for this, Sterling? Do you think that the Chiefs kind of slept walk through that game and thought they could just show up and beat them and the desperate team won? What the hell happened? Yeah, I prefer seeing the Colt, not the Colts. Uh, the Chiefs always struggle against Indy. I don't know why. It feels like it's an AFC South thing when it comes to the Colts as well as the Titans. Teams the Chiefs typically should beat, they always seem to have the Chiefs number. I called it going into the, at least the preseason. I called the Colts beating Kansas City just based on the past history between these two teams. I also thought the Colts were going to be better than what they were. They did not look good, but I do want to give them at least a little bit of credit. Indy's receivers came up with big catches late in the game. I know Chris Jones revitalized that drive. They gave life to Matt Ryan. But those receivers stepped up big for, for, for the Indianapolis Colts. I think the defensive line of the Colts is a legitimate factor. Yes, they're without Shaq Leonard, but that defense is not horrendous. The Chiefs just got beat. The Colts didn't do anything special, but they came up with big plays when it happened most. I don't want to say the Colts are, are a horrendous team. I think it's a little unfair. They're a below-average team, but I know I personally had them winning the AFC South before uh, this season started. After three games, I don't want to you know, be overreactionary. You're not on the but, Jacksonville bandwagon? Come on, no, baby. There's still I, room on board. Sure. I, I'm, not, I'm not out on Jacksonville. If you believe in point differential, they're the second-best point, point differential team in the NFL just behind the Bills. But I think who wins this division is going to be 8-8-1. Eight, eight and one. Colts have that tie. It's going to help them out. I think it actually comes into play. But just going back to this game – the Chiefs realistically just did everything wrong. I don't think there's much to learn besides burning the tape and just going forward because Travis Kelsey is not going to drop many touchdown passes. Mahomes is not going to overthrow MVS, you know, that often. We're not going to see the offensive line get stonewalled by the defensive line that often as far as trying to get running lanes. Seven carries for zero yards from Clyde. Uh, we won't see Chris Jones probably have another boneheaded penalty like that, or at least a penalty called by the referees in that situation. I don't again, know. He had rushes. one in the Super Bowl. I, we're, sure. Fair point. And also, Harrison Bucker was worth seven points in this game. So I agree with all, that. All, all those things taken into consideration, the loss itself is horrendous. But I'm not going to sit here and be worried after going into this week saying, yeah, the Chiefs and the Bills are the top two teams in the NFL, and both those teams lose games they should have won. Two quick things. My uh, grandfather, rest in peace, huge football fan. He actually played pro football for the Green Bay Packers and Chicago Cardinals back in the day. But his thing was if you have a team that is backed into a corner and super, super desperate, there's a good chance they're going to win that game. And that's kind of what happened. The other thing is on draft night, a lot of us thought Sky Moore uh, being picked after Alec Pierce was a huge mistake by Colts GM, Chris Ballard. And let's give credit where it's due. Alec Pierce had a good game. Uh, my guy, Sky Moore, did not. So on to the next award, and that's the 
You're the man now, dog award. Yes. Yes. You're the man now, dog. I really wish I could do a good Sean Connery, but I just can't. Can you? No chance, dude. No chance. I, I'm not even going to try and make a fool of myself. I make a fool of myself enough. Me doing a Sean Connery, it's not going to happen. So we both went to, for at least some time, the zoo, correct? Yeah, correct. Okay. So Nick Bolton, fellow Mizzou Tiger, uh, was sensational on Sunday. And I'm going to go ahead and call it and say he is the Chiefs MVP through week three. You agree with that? Oh, hell yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm all in. Nick, Nick, Nick Bolton, just been phenomenal all season long. Give the dude credit uh, as well. He's not the most athletic linebacker. I'm not saying he's not athletic, but when you compare him to other um, other linebackers, he, the combine numbers, they don't jump off. They always thought he was going to have a little bit of an issue in the NFL when it comes to pass coverage, and he has grown exponentially. I mean, he is now – I don't know if you'd maybe call him a, a top-tier coverage linebacker, but he's at least average, above average, and that was supposed to be the knock against him. He gets downhill so quick. Uh, that fourth and one, I mean, he went up there with Jonathan Taylor, stuffed him. He just I don't bench know. pressed him, right? I mean, seriously. It's like how many linebackers the NFL make that play? A handful? A handful? Not, not Maybe? Not I mean, Nick Bolton, and we see a comment here from Red, Nick Bolton's the next DJ. And, yeah, I, I think it's a very fair comp right there. We kept wait. We're waiting for the next great linebacker ever since Derek Johnson left. Right? Who was going to be the guy that steps in? Who was smart? Who who is who gets it done? It's Nick Bolton. He uses his smarts, his IQ. He's not the biggest guy, not the fastest guy, but he gets downhill so quick, throws his body in there. He's just so much of a high IQ player. It makes up for some of those early pre-draft concerns, and he has just been a phenomenal asset, and I'm with you. He has been the MVP through three weeks for Kansas City. Through two weeks, it might have been Mahomes. It might have been Chris Jones. But both of them didn't have the greatest game last Sunday, so we're going to give it to Nick Bolton. And you hinted on his athleticism. The book coming out on Nick Bolton out of college was that he wasn't athletic enough. I, I think he's, he's getting more athletic He's one of those guys. Some guys are like this. They put on the pads. They're almost faster. They don't lose anything. And who, who cares if he's slightly slower than, say, Willie Gay or the most athletic linebackers if he diagnoses what's going on way fast? The guy processes, you know, like, like an elite computer. He just he sees it before it happens, right? He's, you know, he, he snuffs it out and he hunts it down and, I, I'm really hyped that an emerging defense has found its leader. I, I will also say, I'm not calling Nick Bolton not athletic. He, he is more athletic than Anthony Hitchens and a lot of linebackers. He's just not in the, the cream of the crop. Yeah, like, that we're not saying this line, dude is, you know? Yeah, this, this guy's out here. He, yeah. But I, I'm just so thrilled the Chiefs nailed it with Nick Bolton. And I think Willie Gay Jr. is a very good compliment to Nick Bolton. We heard pre-draft that Willie Gay Jr. Uh, wanted – Brett Veach to draft Nick Bolton. You don't hear that very often of a guy who plays, at least in the same group as you, wanting to draft the same position, basically. But he knew that they'd be a great tandem together, and Nick Bolton could get Willie Gay Jr. in the right spots at the right time, and we saw that. So when Willie Gay Jr. comes back, I mean, watch out. This linebacking court is legitimate. 
Let's move on to award number three. And that is the, it kind of feels like if I don't transform, I'm gonna die award. Kind of feels like if I don't transform, I'm gonna die. You have a plan B for that? Uh, no. She-Hulk, you're probably not watching it, are you? No, I safe, safe assumption. Yeah. <laughs> Good show, fun show, you know. Oh, there's uh, a movie. So there you go. There, yeah. there, there's how in tune I am. So this goes out to Patrick Mahomes. It's a little dramatic, but you get the gist of it. Tyree Kill is long gone, and so are the, the explosive plays to some extent. Um, it's not in his DNA, but Mahomes must commit to more of a patient, dink and dunk style to survive, at least until the wide receiving core kind of matures and comes together. And this is the exact same test he faced last year when the league kind of crowdsourced this, this too high shell that they're using to take away the big play. I, I'm with you to an extent uh, as far as taking what the defense gives him, but he's got to be better. I mean, let's be frank. This has not been the greatest start of the season for Mahomes. I, I still think he's the best player, the best quarterback in the NFL, but he's he not number one in EPA, to be fair. Sure, sure. But like that, that missed throw to uh, MVS, right? I mean, that was a straight up missed. He, he's missed Hardman twice. We'll get to that. We'll get to sure. that. Sure. He's missed Hardman twice. Travis Kelsey should have come down with that touchdown. There's another throw earlier on in the season where he should have threw the ball up high to Jody Fortson as a jump ball, and he, he kind of just peppered it in there, and the cornerback was able to make a play. I, I, I'm just – Mahomes is incredible, but so far this season, I do think some accuracy or some not having the continuity with the former wide receivers. I'm not saying losing Tyree Kill, but having all new guys for the most part – I think we're seeing the drop-off or at least the struggles of not being on the same page. I don't think Mahomes necessarily needs to evolve. I don't want to take away what makes him so special, right? I don't want to take away the deep throws. I don't want to take away the extending of plays where you're like, where you're going, no, 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 no. Then all of a sudden you go, oh, holy bleep, yes, yes, yes. I don't want to make him into Kirk Cousins. I want him to still be Mahomes, but I do think to an extent you're correct. He does need to at least more often take what the defense gives him. Clyde Edwards-Alaire uh, was four catches on four targets for 48 yards. He was They were using him well. They were checking down, and it made sense. He was picking up first downs, and then they went away from that. Whether that's play calling or Mahomes, I don't know, but it was definitely something noticeable. Yeah, and I get into this in my new newsletter. It is called uh... – Blogfather knows best. It's for subscribers, so check that out. Um, but it's not what I would do. The Alex, let's call it the Alex Smithification of Patrick Mahomes. I would prefer to have more elite weapons than the Chiefs currently have. But he's in the situation he's in, and a couple things have stood out. One was that play where Ch was just wide open in the flat, right? And Travis Kelsey, so so wide open that when Mahomes is looking at Kelsey, Kelsey is pointing to CEH. And by the time that it computed with Mahomes, it was too late. He scrambles for basically nothing. And it definitely would have been a first down. So that's one thing. He's kind of missing the check downs. Uh, he and CEH are connecting more, but it's he's still, you know, looking for the big shot. But 
he's not really getting the big shot and he's not really taking it that much. He's 23rd in completion rate for passes of 15 plus air yards and only seven quarterbacks have attempted less passes of 15 or more air yards. That stat is via at late round quarterback on Twitter. So it's, it's frustrating that he's not taking the shots. He's not hitting the shots and he's not checking down sometimes as well as you should be. Before I get into the membership tiers, cause we now have three, not one, not two, but three membership tiers for Arrowhead Addict. Uh, angry drunken German in the chat. Why is best wearing a Canadian tuxedo? Do you got jeans on too? Are you going all denim? My pants are brown, man. It is I can't not see a, your pants. How am I it, supposed to know that? It is Come not. On. Uh, it is not a. <laughs> I like it. Frankly, I like it. I, I just have I'm to, not afraid know. of the Canadian tux- tuxedo. If you can pull it off, rock it. Denim right? Dan, rock gotta it, go. Baby. I mean, why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't why you? Why wouldn't you? So now I mentioned it. We do now have three Arrowhead Attic membership tiers. One, for 99 cents a month, we call it the Rookie Camp. You have access to our weekly newsletter written by the blog father himself, Adam Best. Uh, We also gives you uh, access to Discord view only. The $4.99 a month one, starting at 11. This is the, uh, the original, the OG membership tier. Access to our weekly newsletter, full Discord access to posting permissions. You get some bonus content, uh, invitations to members-only events with the host, virtual happy hours, trivia, fantasy leagues, and then the newest one, the $9.99 a month one, Ring of Honor. All of that, a special VIP lounge Discord channel, early access to Film Fridays, your name in our Ring of Honor show credits, and then bonus weekly video content and more. So, guys, we appreciate you all of you guys for joining. All you guys who bumped up, we trust me, we really do appreciate it. Wanted to get that out of there. We now have three membership tiers. And you guys are the reason we have this new show. So, thank you so much for that. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Let's get into the next award. The, the literally the dumbest thing I've ever heard award. That is literally the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Uh, all right. Andy Reid didn't trust his replacement kicker who's no longer with the team. So then he ran a fake field goal on fourth and 10 in the fourth quarter. Now, I understand you don't trust your kicker. But why the fake field goal? It felt like everyone knew it was coming. No one was fooled. Tommy Townsend, what? Looks like me trying to throw a football out there. Keep Mahomes. If you're going to do that, just keep Mahomes out there and try and get 10 yards. I'd much rather see Patrick try and pick up 10 than Tommy Townsend. I don't know. It, it was just one of those situations where you're just so dang frustrated. You have the best player on the planet, and you have Tommy Townsend out here 
double clutching and throwing five yards short of the sticks. And part of that's on no gray, dude. What the hell are you doing running that short of a route? You know, <laughs> it's fourth and 10. You're running a five yard out or whatever. It just poor execution, bad play calling at a crucial moment. Mahomes actually, this team has struggled a little bit on short yardage, uh, third and fourth down conversions. But Mahomes on third and fourth and 10, it's kind of weird. Most quarterbacks wouldn't want to be in that spot. I think he's, that's when he's the most comfortable in a weird way. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. I've been saying this though for the past couple of weeks. A lot of teams do this, but the Chiefs are a prime example. They overthink third, fourth, and one, third and one situations way too much. Give the ball to Michael Burton and just go. I, when has Burton been stopped? What's his percentage in picking it up? I mean, it's absurd. Don't overthink it. Don't run these hungry pigs three or four times down there. In the end zone, in the red zone. Give it to Travis Kelsey. For the most part, he won't drop it. Like, that's the best player. Use your best players. Don't run a 32 jet sweep behind the line of scrimmage with McCole Hardman. Or put Saunders in at fullback. Or try an option with Blake Bell. If you're, if you're going to use Blake Bell, this is last year, obviously, just run the damn QB sneak. Like, the Belldozer sneak works every I just time. Think they overthink it sometimes. Andy Reid, he is the smartest guy in the room, no doubt about it. But sometimes he does not need to let us know that. Don't overthink and outthink yourself. That happens too often. Jeremy Cochran says third and one flea flicker to Creed incoming this week. <laughs> That's great. I, hey, with Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy, anything is possible, good, good or bad. Uh, I mean, and I don't know. I, I understand the offensive line struggled. I understand the running game has struggled, but I'm still telling folks, and maybe I people will be mad. Run a QB sneak with Mahomes. Still, it was a freak accident. It was I don't just, know that you and I are are on the oh, same yeah, page. Yeah, because yeah, they, they run up with 45-year-old Tom Brady, no issue. But, yeah, get Mahomes in there, and at one injury, and all of a sudden now it's 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 going to happen every single time he wants to get one yard. He could get hurt in any single play. Frankly, I have PTSD, if he's going to scramble, scramble, it's a much better chance of getting hurt than him diving forward behind Creed Humphrey. Yeah, he did get hurt scrambling in that playoff game against the Browns during their uh, Super Bowl run. So you want him to not scramble anymore too? No, we can't hermetically you want, seal you, our quarterback. You want to put him in bubble? You want to put him in no, bubble wrap and, and, no. and have him turn into Kirk Cousins? But, Why am I but taking so many if, shots at if Kirk Blake Cousins? Bell can effectively sneak, I, I want Mahomes taking that half a billion dollar investment, taking uh, a limited amount of shots. The less shots he takes, the better. Let, let's minimize the odds of him getting banged up. We want him here until he's, I don't know if he'll make it to Tom Brady's age, but we want him here until he's Aaron Rodgers' age. Right, late 30s, sure, sure, maybe 40, early 40s. Before, yeah, they did it with Matt Ryan too. The Colts picked it up with Matt Ryan, um, QB sneak, but yeah, go ahead. Uh, Mahomes is too brittle, apparently. Known plus athlete, Matt Ryan, yeah, yeah. They could pick it up with Matt, with Matt Ryan, they couldn't with Jonathan Taylor, uh, again, because QB sneak is the most effective way of picking up a first down, but you know, sometimes teams like to overthink it. Uh, before we go forward, I want to point out I'm not going to place the blame that much on Amendola. I know a lot of folks are blaming him, and I've said seven points were left on the board because of him compared to Harrison Bucker. If you have to rely on a backup kicker 
in that game against the Colts team that the Chiefs should have mopped the floor with, that's a whole team performance loss. That's not just on Amendola. I mean, yeah, he was horrendous that game. You expect a kicker to make, you know, a 40-yarder, uh, a 39-yarder, 39 whatever it was, and an extra point. But again, that's a full, complete meltdown if he's the guy being involved losing that game. That, that's score a touchdown. How about that? So are we going to have Justin Reed kicking against the Bucks in Minnesota this week? No, they, they signed another kicker. The Chiefs already signed another kicker. Oh, they did. I didn't yeah. hear that. Doesn't mean Justin Reed can't kick. <laughs> I mean, I I prefer not to. How's that? I I prefer to let Justin Reed uh, not get uh, not get hurt. Matthew Wright, the former Jacksonville Jaguars kicker, is the the new new guy brought on. Got it. Well, let's move on to our next segment. This is a special segment called the Colts Curse. This place. Is cursed. What is it with you and curses? Yeah, I'm happy without a good curse. This is cursed. That is cursed. Give it a rest, will ya? That was from The Mummy Returns. And the Chiefs really might have a Colts curse, Sterling. Let's let's just go through the years. You know, you want to take a stroll down memory lane here? No, but we're going to do it anyways. I I like, you know what? Frankly, we like pain. There you go. We're masochists. I'm a Mizzou fan. Come on. All I've known is pain. You subject yourself to basically the football equivalent of waterboarding every Saturday. <laughs> so my dad is, a, is like a hardcore lifelong Mizzou fan. So uh, I know all about that torture. So I mean, Sunday, start- frankly, Sunday wasn't even the worst thing that happened in my weekend in football. Let's be real here. <laughs> That's the great thing about Mizzou. So let's start in 1996 in the playoffs I only have to say two words, Len Elliott. Yeah. Yeah. I still don't think that guy can come in Kansas city safely flash forward to 2004 in the playoffs. You have the infamous no punt game where priest Holmes fumbled and a fantastic chiefs team lost 38 to 31 to Peyton Manning and co. That was a really good team. That was a very, very good team. Maybe one of the best offensive lines in NFL history had Tony G on it. So that, that one hurt 2007 playoffs. This is a Herm Edwards team. Uh, that was a pathetic loss for the people out there. that didn't see that one. Trent green had three turnovers and barely threw for hundred yards. The next one was 2014, maybe the most ridiculous game on the entire list where the chiefs were up by the Colts trailed by a 28 point deficit. And then Andrew Luck just has this furious comeback that uh, doesn't even make sense. Fumbled to himself. He fumbled to himself for the game winning touchdown. My ass was in high school, I believe at the time. And I was over at my boy's house. We're like, dude, the chiefs are finally going to win a playoff game. They're going to do it. So at halftime, we went to McDonald's to pick up victory, like little, McFlurry and the machine wasn't broken. There should have been my first sense of something's going wrong because the machine is always broken. I should have known. So the victory McFlurries came back and uh, kicked me in the ass because that was just the most depressing loss. At least I can remember in my lifetime. I used to live in Austin and we were vacationing in Dallas. So I was watching the first half 
at a sports bar. And my wife was like, dude, we got to go. This is a blowout. So we got on the road and we were listening to it on the radio. And that was just, that was a rough drive, a rough, rough drive. Um, Then we have the 2019 playoff game where, what do you know, the Chiefs actually beat the Colts for once in the playoffs. And we think the curse, you know, it might be broken, but not so fast. We have the 2019 regular season game. Uh, We mentioned it earlier about this time of year, the one where Cam Irving, uh, that name, steps on Patrick Mahomes' ankle, right? Just not good. We kind of think the season's headed in the wrong direction. And then this this fiasco here in, in 2022, it might be my fault. I have a superstition where my dog, Karma, who during her first year, the Chiefs won the Super Bowl. I put this old school like Chiefs bandana on her every Sunday. I fucking forgot. I forgot, man. I, I, I Yeah. You. Yeah. You son of a bitch. It's all your fault. It is. Better to forget now than <laughs> like, like uh, you know, in the AFC Championship against the Ravens or something, right? But man, the, the, the Colts, again, we've talked about it before and move on. They just always feel like they've had the Chiefs number. Uh, again, if you go by my preseason predictions, I'm 3-0. and Just throwing that out there. I wish the Chiefs were 3-0 more so than me, but still, it makes me feel pretty good because I, I got called um, uh, that I had no credibility after preseason I picked this game. So I have some. A sliver, it was a smart pick. I thought there was no chance. I just looked at that roster and thought, Hmm. there's just no way. And then the chiefs didn't really show up. No, they, 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 they could have just stayed on the bus, could have head back home uh, and left with no injuries and called it a day. Uh, Let's get into the hot take kingdom. Again, one of the most fun segments, weekly reoccurring segments, Adam and myself do. I bring up a, a take. Adam gives it to us. Either I agree or disagree. And either he lets us in to the kingdom or we say, no, 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 no. We're not joining that kingdom. That's a bad kingdom. What do you got for us this week? And it's a good excuse for me to screw around with the prop sword. Um, <laughs> so the hot take kingdom of this week is unless Orlando Brown starts performing better, the chiefs need to let him go after the season, let him walk. So let me make the case to you. All right. Brown has allowed nine pressures this season. That's fourth worst among tackles, all tackles, entire league. He's not passing the eye test. We talked about this post game. Yannick Ngakwe sort of dominated him. Is he out of shape? Is he banged up? Did he lose focus this offseason while negotiating a new deal? Or did we overrate him because he came from such a good system with such a good reputation in Baltimore? Uh, The Chiefs, in my estimation, probably made a mistake choosing Brown over Tyreek Hill, who has led Miami to a 3-0 record. But we're smart not to make Brown the highest paid tack in the league, which in retrospect, it sounds ridiculous that that was even a consideration. So the franchise tag amount of $16.7 million Brown is being paid this year is actually decent value when you look at the rest of the league. He should have taken the bag. He made a mistake. And he left that, you see here, five-year, $91 million extension on the table. I'm not sure he'll get that offer again. So 
that MVS play that you talked about earlier, the one where Mahomes missed him. The reason Mahomes looked antsy in the pocket and, and had to rush his for, footwork and change his arm uh, angle, Orlando Brown got beat pretty bad in that play. And he just, if he would have had maybe half a second more, I think he would have hit MVS. Not to say that Patrick can't make that throw and that's not partially on Mahomes, but when his tackles are performing this poorly, it's hard. Um, trading a first, a first round pick, which is really more like a, a second in this pack package if you break it down, right? For a decent two-year rental at left tackle, not a bad move under the circumstances. They had to do something with their, their two stud tackles getting injured in the same season. Uh, so what I would do if I had to make the decision today, I would cut my losses and take a quality comp pick when somebody else inevitably signs him to a bigger deal than the chiefs are comfortable with. And then I would draft his replacement in the first or second round. That's what I would do. That's my case for the hot tech take kingdom of letting Orlando Brown walk. If he continues to play this poorly. Uh, we, I must love Pantera cause let him walk. I mean, seriously, come on now. It's a sunk cost at this point. It's a, I, I'm Mr. Sunk cost on the Clyde Edwards Alaire situation, how he's drafted in the first round with McCall Hardman drafted in the second round. I don't care about the draft capital given up. Move on. If he's not going to perform and he wants all this money, that's on him. I, I want to, yeah, I'd love a million dollars too to be asked at my job. That ain't going to happen. I, I, I mean, it's just so frustrating. Like, I understand the argument of who is going to play left tackle if he leaves. Like, I get that argument. I understand. They'll find someone. It's not like Orlando Brown Jr. has been this world beater. Like, he's been slightly better than Andrew Wiley's been on the right side. I just don't understand it. Can he get better? Sure. But the footwork is never going to be incredible because of the lack of speed, the size he possesses. He's not a great fit for this offensive line. There's a reason why Eric Fisher worked. He was a very athletic left tackle for the Kansas City Chiefs. There's a reason why he worked in this system. Okay? Completely different style player is Orlando Brown Jr. He bet on himself. Sometimes it works. Aaron Judge, congratulations. Good bet on yourself. Lamar Jackson, congratulations. Great bet on yourself. Orlando Brown Jr., just, again, he's not been the worst left tackle in the NFL. That's not what I'm saying. But when you talk all of this, when you act and want to be paid like one of the best or the best left tackles, when you were an issue in Baltimore, what basically demanding to play left tackle, and then you perform like this, the Chiefs have to be thanking their lucky stars he didn't sign that contract. The Chiefs want him to be very good and to earn that contract because that means that's a good situation to be in. You, you've earned and paid that the, the top-end left tackle. He's not playing like that. I, I, you know what? I don't even know if it's a hot take. Best, I'm with you. So easy this week. It's usually yeah. pulling yeah. teeth to even get you to consider these hot takes and just instantly you're right on board. But I, it's ludicrous that he wanted Trent Williams money, David Bakhtiari money. He's not worth that. I think he is probably 
a right tackle masquerading as a left tackle. I know there's not as much difference there as there used to be. The other thing I want to point out is the system there in Baltimore with the Ravens, where you're blocking for a run-heavy team and a running quarterback in Lamar Jackson who uh, is extremely dynamic and in a lot of ways just as fun to watch as Patrick Mahomes, but a much different player. So I don't think the Chiefs ever got an accurate evaluation and knew how good of a fit he'd be. But he, um, in pass blocking, good run blocker, but in pass blocking, he leaves a lot to be desired. Big shout out to Flapjack City for the super chat. Dude, we appreciate that tip. Very nice of you. He says, beers on me, boys. Hey, I'll take you up on that offer. I'll take you up on that offer. You better believe I'm going to be crushing some fest beers this weekend. That's a lock. Frankly, if you guys know me and watch this show, I drink Casey Bierko nearly every show. I got a basketball game tonight. Uh, I don't think you want me out on the court just stumbling around. Just out there. <laughs> Wouldn't look good. I'm not Dennis Rodman out there. I can't do that. Those players in the 80s, like Larry Bird and them, they used to get smashed on the plane. <laughs> There's a great story of Jason Kendall. He wrote a book. Uh, I know this is slightly off topic, but I think it's very interesting and fun. That's okay. You know how when players go through slumps – and uh, the, the coach would be like, hey, take the next day off. You know, we have a day game. Go get right. Go to a bar. Go get loose. Don't even think about baseball for the next 24 hours. So he went to a bar, got hammered. They had a day game the next day in warm-ups or something like that. The, ke- the catcher was going to start, got hurt. So Kendall had to play. Kendall goes, I was still drunk. I was still feeling it. And he goes, he went like three for four, four for five, and that got him out of his slump. And so sometimes the booze, the sauce can help you. (laughs) I will raise your story, actually. Lawrence Taylor. I heard a story once about Lawrence Taylor from someone in the business where four hours from from, uh, game time, when the players are supposed to be showing up at the stadium, he was nowhere to be seen. No one had heard from him. Then three hours, then two hours. They show up at his hotel room two hours before game time. This guy is butt naked, <laughs> drunk off his ass, coked out. They have to revive him with water and coffee, barely get him dressed, barely get him on the field. He's wobbly on the field. He goes out and has something like four sacks that day. <laughs> Just an animal. Just an animal. Maybe, in my opinion, maybe the greatest defensive player of all time. Oh. That's great. I see a couple David Wells through a perfect game, completely hung over. Uh, the dude that dropped LSD and threw a no hitter, perfect game, no hitter. I forget the, I forget the name of the pitcher. Um, I don't know about that one, but it's pretty crazy. Oh yeah. Some yeah, of these guys, they just, the they just got to have a little bit of an edge. I'm trying to think of chiefs players who have been, Doc Ellis, thank you. Thank you to Hunter and Mike, the producers. Thank you, Doc Ellis. Same time. Thanks for the the post, boys. Um, I do want to bring up something that Reddy Whip said in the chat. He's been saying he hears Orlando Brown Brown Jr.'s knee injuries have really nagging him the last two weeks. While I would agree that can be a factor, if you're playing in a game, you're expected to perform. I know it seems... I don't know if cynical is the right word. I don't, I don't know if it seems 
we're putting too much pressure on the guys or expecting too much. But if you're playing, you expect that guy to, to, to perform. Orlando Brown Jr. has not performed. If his knee injury is that bad, he shouldn't be playing. He was on his back the majority of that game. If Yannick Ngakwe is working you over like that, it's a hindrance. I don't know who else it's who's going to take his spot, but you can't sit out all offseason, want this new contract, and then if you have a minor injury that's nagging you, play like this and use that as an excuse. Front office, the fans, they're not going to hear it. If he's really hurting that badly, remember he did this against the Bengals in the regular season last year. Take a game off, let Tooney kick over to left tackle, and come back better the next week. Mm-hmm. No problem. That's why we have Joe Tooney. That's why he is one of the highest paid guards in the National Football League because of his versatility. And potentially, I think someone mentioned in, this, in the chat, maybe drunk, angry German, angry, d- drunk German. I'm getting confused which way it is, but want to give credit, said that maybe Joe Tooney could be a long-term solution at left tackle next year. Food for thought. So Sterling, you're coming aboard for the first time in show history, my hot take kingdom. Oh yeah. I'm, I'm fully on board. I, I paddled over there so quick. Can we get a poll for the chat? I think you're this about to get morning, about a 90 10. I think you're about to win this bad boy. <laughs> I was thinking 80 20, 70 30, but I, I'll take whatever I can get as long as, as long as the majority of you are coming on board. Uh, let's get into the analytics addict again, a weekly segment where we take a little analytical view at something we have noticed. What have you noticed, Adam, analytically in the run game? Yeah, this is from the athletics, Nate Taylor. On 12 third or fourth down situations where the Chiefs needed to pick up three or four fewer yards, the Chiefs have converted at only a 41.7% clip. That's the third worst rate in the league. Are these short yardage snafus? Are they on Andy Reid? Do the Chiefs need to activate Ronald Jones, whose bruising style might be the remedy? The only issue there is that he's a bit of a human poker tell, right? He can't pass block. He can't catch. He's a damn good north-south runner, but when he's in the game, you're pretty sure the Chiefs are running. So what's your opinion, Sterling, on how the Chiefs can kind of fix this situation? Don't overthink it. I've been saying it for the past couple weeks, and I'm going to continuously say it now. They're overthinking it. And and when they do run, it's obvious. Every single second and ten, why? Why? Why put yourself for a third and 11? Like, <laughs> it's, it's, it's obnoxious. Every time they run the ball, it's like the other team knows it's coming. It's like a pitcher who is tipping their pitches. What do they it's, do on third and three? Third and three? Be creative, but don't overthink. If you want to run it, then run it. Don't do these jet sweeps with McCall Hardman. Either use Mahomes, go to Travis Kelsey, or use the offensive line that you've put so much money and assets in. Give, I like Clyde on third downs personally because he's a great pass catcher. And you mentioned the tell with Ronald Jones, right? Mm-hmm. With yeah. Clyde in there, you, you don't know what he's going to do. He's been very, very good in pass catching situations. Use Clyde. And, and even if you want to go under center, go under center. 
I, I just think they're making it way too hard on themselves. And, and I keep seeing this a lot, and I see Jeremy Cochran. Um, we've talked about this before. Andy Reid keeps rotating these running backs out. I don't know if it's to keep them fresh, but it's like they can't get into any sort of rhythm. It's like any other position. You need to get some sort of rhythm. If you keep going in for a couple plays here, a couple plays there, you're cold. Yeah. I know you want to keep them fresh, but they're 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 cold. You got to let a guy get into the flow of the game. I mean, third and three, I'm fine if they run the ball, but you know, trust the offensive line, trust the offensive line, then trust Clyde. Do what you got to do. Jackie Battle, if Jackie Battle could pick up three yards, I think Clyde in this offensive line could pick up three yards. Well, you know, it's compounding the situation is that I wish I could attribute this quote to whoever or this stat to whoever I saw it from, but I can't, I don't remember, but the chiefs have cost themselves the, the fourth most win probability by not going for it on fourth down. And what is the way to solve third and three? Well, if you know, you have two downs that gives you a lot more options. So I think Andy Reed and Eric by again, you have Patrick Mahomes Matt Connor actually wrote a great article about this that I got to read before I came on the show about being more aggressive. Um, and that, that was kind of what we saw the dispute about at the end of the first half. But I think one way to fix this is to, if you are looking at anything like third and four, third and three, that's a two down situation. Just know you're going for it, you know, man up, plan for it. And I think that will field better results. So yeah. an, another related stat here via Ben B Baldwin on Twitter, CEH and McKinnon have a negative yards over expected per attempt. Isaiah Pacheco, on the other hand, is in the top 10 for this metric. So our two lead backs are leaving meat on the bone and Pacheco looks better in that regard. Now you mentioned CEH in the passing game, he's been terrific there. He's caught all 12 of his targets. In my opinion, he's a satellite back. So maybe Pacheco taking that early down roll, if it's not Ronald Jones, because Pacheco is better in the past game and you can disguise what you're calling a little bit more with him and CEH focusing more on catching the football, pass protection, the things he excels at. He doesn't excel at short yardage. This last game against the Colts, he had what seven rushes for zero yards. Mm -hmm. That's pretty frightening. But I would also say the offensive line in that game, there was no holes for anyone. Right. So I don't think it's just a Clyde issue. There was uh, one. Did you see the clip online? Yeah. I, I think Mahomes was, I, is pointing at the they, hole. So there and, was, there, there was two that I've been seeing circulate that one. There was one other one where it was a outside zone run and there was a hole to the left you're not going to go there as a running back. The whole play is designed to that right side. A handful of running backs, if any, would make that jump cut back to the left. Like Saquon Barkley might be able to do that, right? We saw it. Barry Sanders. Yards. Yeah, but like you're not expecting the majority of running backs to make that that read in that situation. So I don't necessarily 100% blame that on, on Clyde. The offensive line needs to do a better job as a whole. But I don't think Isaiah Pacheco's had enough for that metric that you you gave me to really put a lot of stock into. Pacheco's not impressed me, right? I know there's a, a whole bunch of hype around him. 
he runs hard. They always like to say he runs. Who, who said it? During, like he runs like he's trying to hurt the ground. He's not impressed me so far in live game action. All three running backs, frankly, have been slightly underwhelming. The reason why I like Clyde so far is because he has been an asset in the passing game. I'm always going to be on the, the, the case of the offensive line dictates the majority of what a running back does, not the opposite way around. Derrick Henry, as great as he is, we've seen what happened with a poor offensive line. We saw Jonathan Taylor get stuffed by the Chiefs defense. You know why? Because the Colts offensive line is not what it once was. The Chiefs dominated their offensive line, so we had 21 carries for 71 yards. It doesn't matter how great of a running back you are if you get hit behind the line of scrimmage. So uh, I think this is more of a not just a running back issue, but a multifaceted issue. Blocking, play calling, and also, which was astutely, astutely pointed out by the comment section, uh, three running backs, maybe one too many. You go McKinnon and Clyde or Pacheco and Clyde or some combination. Two guys, maybe they develop a little bit more of a feel for the game, a little bit more of a rhythm. I'd like to see that. Hopefully we're not going to go to four guys uh, if they activate Ronald Jones because I think one of the issues may be that they're playing too many running backs. Well, let's get into our next segment, the Around the League you pointed something out. What is going on with Tom Brady? Yeah, still playing football at 45, but should he be? Let's look at the situation. So Brady retired before the season, and then he unretired. And then he, he kind of like disappeared, right? He disappeared from training camp, and then he came back, and he looked a little different. And that's all of this is reportedly causing some marital problems with his wife. And then irony has a twisted uh, sense of humor because he showed up last week with his ring finger, his freaking ring fang- finger taped up, injured. Like you can't make this shit up, right? Wait a minute. Are you, are you telling me Giselle's single? Not officially, <laughs> but, you know, keep praying. Keep praying, my man. Uh, and so last week, he he's out here throwing to the Keystone Cops, right? Just Scotty Miller, Russell Gage, Brashad freaking Perryman, Cameron Brait. Giselle has to be like, these are the guys he's spending time with over me. His line is super banged up. They lost Jensen. They've lost a, a few guys. Uh, their the interior part of their line is just a mass unit, and he's not playing as well. He's not playing horribly, but he's 14th in passer rating, 18th in QBR. He's down a little bit in EPA. It's not bad, but to me, he doesn't look like the same Brady. And maybe that gets fixed when when Chris Godwin comes back because mm-hmm. he's a big part of that. But no matter what happens with Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, he's not getting Gronk back. Well, who knows? Maybe Gronk on retires. He's definitely not getting Antonio Brown back. That, that, <laughs> I'm kidding, no, I'm kidding. No, that, no, no, that bridge has been burnt. Uh, I, I just don't want to say he's done. I thought he was done in New England that final years, the pick six. I kept saying, wow, the, the, the ball speed looks slow. He's not getting anything behind the ball. The issue this year, it's not been him. 
it's it's been the offensive line, which I don't think is going to get much better as the season goes on. That injury, that that offensive line, just so many injuries they're banged up. But I do think getting Julio Jones back, of course, it comes against Kansas City. Getting Mike Evans back, of course, it comes back against Kansas City. That's a huge boost. Russell Gage is now your number three for this week. I like. I, I do think that there's something to the fact of his receivers not getting any separation. He's a guy who gets the ball out quick. The offensive line, as bad as they are, if wide receivers can beat their man early on, by the way, Cole Beasley looked like he was getting separation early in his one week with Tom Brady, right? Yeah. I, I, I mean, I they think decided Tom, to give him a shot. I mean, I, I, th- I think Tom Brady and the Buccaneers offense will be fine as the season progresses. I, I think what we've seen so far is get the worst of the of three weeks. I think we're going to see the media start panicking, going, oh, what's wrong with Tom? He's 45. Is he done as he is? Is he, is he over a cliff? Until he actually stops playing, until he proves to me for an extended period of time that he cannot operate an offense, he's still a threat. He gets the ball out quick, so that negates some of the offensive line issues, and the receivers getting healthier and coming back will help and be a huge boost for him. We've talked about it in Kansas City. Mahomes this previous week went through a similar situation. If receivers aren't getting separation and you're under duress constantly, it doesn't matter who's at quarterback. You're going to struggle. Getting those receivers back for Tom Brady, again, I'm irritated it's against the Chiefs because, of course, it is. That's a big boost for them. If there's one thing he doesn't like, though, it is pressure up the middle. He, he, that's, the, that's maybe been his only smidge of kryptonite that he's ever had. And then the year that you referred to in New England, he just had abysmal targets. He was throwing to nobody, you know, UPS drivers out there basically. So I agree. He looks, he looks good when he has the weapons. I don't think he's dust. Um, And I'm not stupid enough to count him out. The guy has the box of whole box of lucky charm shoved up his ass. You know, I mean, (laughs) I've never, have you ever seen anybody as, as like blessed and as lucky and fortunate as Tom freaking Brady? No, no. (laughs) I mean, maybe the only bit of bad luck he's ever had in his life was the helmet catch, right? Sure. Or the, and the, maybe the Philly special, but getting outplayed by Nick Foles. <laughs> did he really though? I mean, he was he was on a heater that game. He looked pretty. They good. both were. They both. They both were. That were. Was it was just yeah. Uh, you know, dueling dragons. But yeah, every time throughout the years, I've counted Brady out, and there was one time Monday Night Football in Kansas City where the chiefs just freaking boat raced them and the media started going, eh, this might be it for the Patriots and Tom Brady. And, and Bill Belichick had that famous quote, we're, we're moving on to Cincinnati or whatever. And we're still talking about, does Brady have it eight years later, almost a decade later. So I'm not going to count them out, but I'm in my forties, dude. I know you don't feel the same way that you do in your thirties eventually this has to catch up to him unless he is on some, some kind of shit that, that he's not supposed to be on. I'm not, I'm not throwing that out there. I, I'm just saying like, there's just allegations no, with Adam no, there's, there's no allegations. <laughs> I'm just saying that the guy cannot play until he's 50. There's just no way it's not going to happen. So there is a cliff coming. I don't think it's this weekend. 
but the Bucks don't seem to really be, not that we are either, but they don't seem to be gelling as of yet. So I think we've got a shot. I think we've got a shot to go down there and exact some revenge for what they did to us in the Super Bowl. Hopefully the guys that are still around have a bad taste in their mouth, right? I know, I know Patrick Mahomes the way he is. He's almost psychotically competitive. He thinks he has a score to settle with Tom Brady. He does not want to go down there again and lose to Tom Brady and hear about that shit all week. You know he doesn't. Mm-hmm. Let's head into the spot, the fake. It's where I know nothing about the, the kind of nerdy stuff that Adam does. I know nothing about um, any of those characters up there on the screen right here. Uh, I do like Harry Potter, read the books. Okay, there's the one nerdy thing I got going for me. And I like Dream Theater. Come on. Dream Theater is a pretty nerdy, you know, prog rock band. But besides that, I know nothing about nerd stuff. So he gives me four uh, four things. I have to find the one that's false in the chat. Please don't comment what the false one is because if I see it, that'll help me out. And I want to actually see if I can No find cheating. It. Yeah, I'm trying not to cheat, okay? Okay, here we go. Which of the following is not is not a Game of Thrones franchise character. The Crab Feeder. Littlefinger. Guinevere the Red Woman. Or The Mountain. I know The Mountain. That's that big dude. I know that guy. Other three I've never heard of. Littlefinger sounds a little funny. I'm going to go with Littlefinger. You're wrong. I got you for the first time, man. Littlefinger, uh, Peter Baelish, I think. He's one of the best characters uh, in the entire series. Just a big-time schemer. You should watch it. Great series. I'm not going to watch Game of Thrones. I'm telling you right now. It's not going to happen. I'm kind of digging the new show, too. You're so far behind, you can never catch up. So, But... I beat you for the first time. You're going to have to, you're a good test taker, but you finally got stumped. So what's the, what's the right answer? The right answer the, is the Guinevere, Guinevere, ah, the red woman. Should have known. I, you know, my strategy was, I thought if I make it like absurdly specific, yeah, based on what you said last week that you were going to, I thought I could trick you that way. And, it, and this time it worked. It so worked. It worked. You, you still have a winning record. You're still two and one. We'll keep track of this. And now it's time for the parting shot. This quote is by Hunter S. Thompson. Football fans share a universal language that cuts across many cultures and many personality types. A serious football fan is never alone. We are legion and football is often the only thing we have in common. So, not to get too preachy or anything, but I Airhead's a special place to me. I take a lot of pride in being a Chiefs fan. And over the past couple of years online, I've seen some clips of Chiefs fans beating the shit out of each other, fighting. Don't like it. You know, you can have a little fun with each other, have a little fun with the other the other fans. But to me, Arrowhead is the epitome of this quote. So remember, you you rep that golden red chief's kingdom is a brotherhood a sisterhood and we want to keep our reputation intact it's you know it's the best stadium on the planet and all of you guys deserve credit for that 
because it's a culture that the fans created. You know, we hit 142.2 decibels long before Patrick Mahomes was ever a chief. So it's you and the atmosphere that you help create that makes Arrowhead special, not the players. And let's just keep it that way. All right, guys. Love that. EOE, okay? Everyone love everyone. Yeah, man, we're all part of the same, especially on Sundays. We're all part of the same family. I, I can't tell you how many times I've met someone and just enjoyed getting to know them for a few hours at that stadium. Uh, or, or even before the game at the tailgate, there's just no place like it on earth. And I don't know if you saw this clip, but the guys from NFL Network, they asked like, which stadium is the most imposing, the best place to play on, a ro- on the road? They all said Arrowhead, all of them. Vic, uh, there are like two or three others. They all said Arrowhead. So, you know, we have the greatest stadium on the planet. And I just have always liked that Hunter S. Thompson quote, wanted to share it with you guys. But that is our show for the day. That wraps up Wacky Wednesday. Um, For Sterling, I'm Adam. We will uh, see you next week. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.